Boom. We are now broadcasting. Okay. Hey, everyone. Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan is over and has been since 1982. But we are just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast. <laughs> I'm Dave Mater coming at you with Star Trek TV and movie reviews. We are here streaming live on our Facebook page at Live Long and Podcast. You may also be watching us on our YouTube channel or listening to us on our audio version. Welcome to all of you, uh, present and future. Uh, since Star Trek Picard has finished its first season and we're in a bit of a holding pattern waiting for Star Trek Discovery Season 3, we are covering the Star Trek movie series. We had our first review of Star Trek The Motion Picture, 1979, last week. Uh, this week, we're picking up with the second Star Trek film, The Wrath of Khan. And as mentioned, uh, hit the big screens back in 1982. So let's talk about this movie. I'm joined by a fabulous panel today. Oh, what a panel do we have for Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. First and foremost, I'm joined today by my lovely wife, Jane. Say hello. Hello. Hey, Jane. Of course, in the bottom right-hand corner of your screens, the ever-salty Jody Simpson. Salty. We are. Oh, oh the salty speaker is here. <laughs> Woo. The ever-incredulous Kevin Millard in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. Hello. And joining us for the first time here on Live Long and Podcast, a friend of ours who we met through the Kevin Smith Ball Hockey League many years ago, and one of the funniest guys I know, Mike Dunn. How are you doing today, Mike? Hello. I'm doing good. Hey, what happened? There's uh, one camera one. No, no worries. No worries. Um, and somewhere out there in cyberspace, Jeff Mater is going to be uh, joining us on this live stream uh, from uh, the chat. Uh, he'll be uh, asking some questions, sparking conversation, hopefully, with those covering us. Um, and uh, he'll be you know, jumping in here and there, hopefully, if he's awake. Okay, so let's talk about this film overall. I got to say, Jane and I watched this last night. Uh, I loved it. I think, uh, especially in comparison to Star Trek One, which we watched last week, this is like a, a masterpiece. But um, we might have we well, might have a that's not hard. We might have some hostile people around this film. Maybe they don't all share the same. Comparing the two is just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Bad. So if I just I like to go clockwise for whatever reason. So let's start with Jody. You know, Jody. The floor. You don't want to start with me, but anyway. Okay. Well, you know what? Hey, let's start. Okay, then we'll start with Mike since Mike. Uh, I is, think we uh, should. Yeah. yeah, let's start with Mike. Okay, Mike Dunn. What did you think of this movie after rewatching it? Uh, well, I've watched it so many times. It's, I, uh, it's always been one of my favorites. The the part with the worms going in Chekhov's ear just always creeps the, me out. <laughs> um, but to compare it to the first one, it's like. The first one just sucks. You can't even compare it to the first one because the first one is just so boring. But uh, it's 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 good. But after you watch after you watched it again, uh, it's not the best one. But uh, I don't know. I still enjoy it. It's part of my youth, so it's more nostalgic factor. I think. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts? I like this movie. There's a lot of good dialogue in this movie. Sorry, Mike, what? I think he's got a bit of a delay. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a learning delay, like a Yeah, I got a really big <laughs> I wasn't implying anything. <laughs> no, I got one of those too. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe um, uh, you can adjust your camera, I think, to broadcast at a lower quality if, you, if you're having any kind of connectivity issues. Uh, right now, my network showing is strong, so I don't. I, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As well. But anyway, all right. Well. Okay, so we were with Kevin. Kevin, you so like? I like, like this it? movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's got it's got a lot of good dialogue. There are some things I don't like about it, but uh, all in all, it's pretty good. Ricardo Montalban steals the show in this movie. Oh, yeah. He does. He's better than like they took. If you think about it, though, they took and made this movie, which is really good, out of an episode that is pretty mediocre in the original series, and then right. just took it to the next level. Yeah, and Jody, what are your what are your high level thoughts going in? Or this movie watched... is this movie is nowhere as good as everybody makes it out to be. Oh, we lost somebody. We lost Mike. Um, in my opinion, like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not an entertaining movie. Um, it's just the movie itself is nowhere near as good. Everybody everybody has rose-colored glasses on for this fucking movie. It is not nearly as good as some of the others in this franchise. Um, it's it's certainly good based on what they had. Um, you know, when this came out, this looks like fucking... This is like award-winning Pulitzer Prize type shit compared to the first movie. The first <laughs> movie is god-awful, as anybody who watched the last episode of this show um, can definitely attest to. Um, but overall, I just, there's, as I'm watching this movie, I decided to watch it from like a more critique uh, type uh, angle and not as a Star Trek fan. Um, and all I, all I learned from that, fuck the fucking, everything's been Mike all over the place. Mike's trying to connect and he, um, um, Oh, okay. Well, either way, it is. It is what it is. Um, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get why everybody thinks this is like the most, like, number one, yes, I do believe Khan is probably the star of this show, but his lines are god awful in this movie, just like they are in the show. Um, the acting is way overdone in a lot of scenarios. There's a whole slew of shit, but, you know, I could spend an hour just talking myself. So my, my quick summary here is it's not bad for the second movie, for sure. Not as good as some of the other ones in the franchise, that's for sure. Okay, I see Mike's trying to connect. I, I can't see his camera yet, but I see he's there. So we'll try to bring him back in here. Okay. All right, let's see. Oh, um, and there we go. I'm like bouncing around like Pong. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see if his camera renders. Mike, can you hear us? I guess not. I think we have to have like a call-in show. A call -in we have to have like a switchboard. And now on the phone, Mike Dunn. No, 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 we'll no. see. We'll see if he if he emerges here. Mike um, Dunn is now Con's arm. He's now Con's arm. He's like that one glove. That yeah, he's just wearing. that one glove. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, there, there he is. is. Mike, can you hear us? This is, is this that, is wild. Is that a movie? <laughs> I, I can hear you, but it's uh, my camera is I don't know the. I'm trying to change the quality, so it's not. Um, the, it's at a lower uh, quality. Uh, chop so choppy. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about the choppy as long as we have you. Yeah. Okay, have you. I find a lot of the time though, Mike, the preview that you're seeing is not what the final product looks like. Just so you know, so don't worry that hard about it. Yeah, as long as we can all hear each other, that's the most important. Yeah, as long as you can hear us and we can hear you, I think that's the main thing. Oh, 
I can hear you, but it feels like I'm watching a video and then you're responding like a minute later. Oh, uh, big delay. Uh, it could be your, it could be your internet connection, I guess. Um, ah, just go with it. Okay, we can. Okay, we'll keep. We'll, we can hear you. So just pipe up and uh, and 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 let's speak to it. So yeah, there you are again. Okay, so let's talk to a few uh, things. Let's talk about how this movie starts. First of all, uh, uh, Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru. Well, it starts with in the 23rd century, um, and we were watching the director's commentary for this. Apparently, uh, Nicholas Meyer put that in because he thought his father wouldn't know when Star Trek is, so he had to clarify that Star Trek is in the future. Um, we get a shot of Spock's ear because apparently that's um, what people think of Star Trek. They think of his pointy ears. And now the now famous Kobayashi Maru scenario. Uh, well, before we that, we also had three minutes of fucking credits. I know. It's crazy. Well, I think... Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. Three uh, minutes where nothing happens but a title animation. That's it. And you get stars. James Horner's score. Yay. Do, do, yeah. Anyway. No one enjoyed on. no one enjoyed the credits? No one enjoyed James Horner's score? I did. I did. It, uh, well, of course you would, Jane. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> I like everything. Always supportive you are. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just uh, I well I so, so we I was gonna bring this up later, but the whole the music of this movie is fantastic. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I will give you that for sure. James Horner went on to do Braveheart and a number of other uh, scores, and you know maybe that you know classical like comp composure is not your style of music, but uh, like I think maybe the debate now is James Horner versus Jerry Goldsmith for the greatest music, and that's that's what I get out of those like. 10 minute credit sequences. I just get to kind of listen to the music and the theme of the, of the movie. It's amazing. It's amazing, but I don't want to listen to a whole song before the movie starts. Yeah. <laughs> My point movie. exactly. <laughs> it's a fucking movie. This isn't a symphony. Right, right. Like, but, you know, like actually, just another movie. Yeah. At least, like, when, like, and I know it's like sacrilege to even compare it to Star Wars, but at least in Star Wars, there's a fucking scrolling story going on. At least I got something to fucking do. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff to read. I don't know how many times they need to introduce me to the tr uh, the cast of Star Trek. Like, I don't fucking know who these people are. Like, come on. That's funny. Anyway. I went and saw um, Star Trek, the music, uh, in the symphony. And I also saw Star I'm Wars. Sure I saw yeah. Star Wars uh, music too. Um, and for Star Trek, they had nothing on the screen. But for Star Wars, they did movie clips. So that's funny that they carried that on to like live performances. So yeah, no, for sure. Star Trek, you're not supposed to be looking but, at. Anything. But if you're going to something like that, Jane, you're expecting yeah. to listen to the music. Like that's yeah. the whole point. I didn't watch this movie to listen to three minutes of fucking music and them tell me who's in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> who was involved in it? Mind fucking blown. Did you know that it. fucking who Kirk is, is in this? Executive producers are, and who cares? Yeah. But that's like, you know what? Movie. I understand. They need people need to get credit for their work. Okay. I'm all for that. But it's, it's like Star Wars, they don't actually put the credits at the beginning, which is fine. And that's how Lucas decided to do it. And that's all right. Um, but like, it's just, it's three minutes. And as Mike said, it's like, I don't need to listen to the whole fucking song. Like it's, it's like you know, at least show me, you know what? They could have did that and showed me the enterprise. Well, yeah. they're, well, they're, at least I get something visual. 
yeah, all right. Fine back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, oh, Dave's gone now. I guess, yeah, I guess Dave. I guess Jane's hosting. Like, I don't like your opinion. Yeah, Dave's like, if you don't like the music, fuck you. No, no, there's somebody with a weed whacker out there. I had to close the window. Um, I didn't even hear it. Yeah, I get that. I have a question for everybody. Um, as everybody here is older than me, uh, and it will rub you. Yeah. But who saw this movie in the theater like when it first came out? I did at the yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. I'm pretty sure I did. Anybody else? No, I saw it oh. when it hit home video. No. Mike, no. Um, when when you saw this I the first time, I was, yeah, the, uh, the it was probably because my brother wanted to go. To be honest, really? But, uh, yeah. Or you know, I don't know. I could be lying. I was young, but I feel like I did. Mm hmm. Well, let's talk about a bit more about this movie. Um, so we got the Kobayashi Maru scene, which I think is great, but it's all setting up what, the, what one of the main themes of this film is sort of getting older. Uh, Kirk's struggle with getting older and sort of, um, you know, getting the reading glasses and uh, sort of he's he's taken a desk job. He's an admiral now. He's gotten, you know, he's he's not doing what his great purpose in life is. And so yeah. just to be clear, you watch the director's cut, right? I think so, yeah. Yes. I watched the normal release of the movie. Okay, so you're going to be talking about shit that not all of us watched. Oh, just so you know. Well, uh, that's why I messaged you last night, and I said, no one gives a fuck about the director's cut. And you said you were going to watch whatever fucking version you the had. The one I had is that one. So that's what I did. I have the theatrical release. That's what I have. I don't feel like, do you feel like you saw extra scenes or anything watching the director's cut? I didn't feel like I saw anything new. No, um, I wouldn't say so. No. So you know what the biggest problem I have? Oh. Sorry, Mike. I said there's barely a difference at all. There's yeah, a, no, there's a video on YouTube that actually shows the difference. I should have watched like that. It's like barely noticeable, except for learning that that one guy that dies is Scotty's nephew. Is Scotty's nephew, which I knew <laughs> that about. Anyway. Oh, I knew. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that was the director. So the thing that bothers me the most about the uh, uh, I always say the fucking name wrong. Kobayashi uh, Maru. Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru. There you go. Um, is they make absolutely no attempt to hide that this is a simulation. Like none. They name the Enterprise. Okay, which wouldn't make any difference in this scenario. But all the senior officers are on fucking deck. Why are they there? You're telling me that these guys have nothing else better to do for Starfleet to sit in a simulator and watch cadets fucking do this thing? Also, why is Bones there? He's not supposed to be on yeah. the fucking bridge. Why is he there? He's not even supposed to be on the bridge. Oh, who did we Oh, Kevin was yelling so much that he... He just dropped right off the internet. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate his point because I have the exact same one. Bones isn't supposed to be there. Well, the I, only time Bones is ever on the bridge apparently is in Star Trek 1 every 10 seconds. But past that, he's not supposed to be there. And then the end of the simulation after she fails or whatever you want to call it, they all fail technically, um is you see the angelic uh, the angelic uh, scene of Kirk coming through the door after he tells them to open up the simulator room. Right? Right. Like, that's just, it's ridiculous as well. Oh, we're back to, oh, there's Kevin again. He yelled so much he fell off the internet. <laughs> I didn't miss anything. I still heard all of it. I was still listening. Oh, okay. So just it was your, weird. 
Your camera dropped off. Be Live's yeah. just having a problem today. Well, anyway. I heard that the internet's having a bit more stress lately with more of these chats and stuff. So maybe that's <laughs> of some uh, sort of reason. I don't know. I've <laughs> recently been shopping and other things. Right. Uh, but, anyway. but we were talking more about, yeah, like why why are all they involved? I got the impression that Kirk is now a teacher, and I guess he got all his friends to become teachers with him at Starfleet Academy and take part in this test. Yeah, but, like, come on. Um, except, for, except for Chekhov, which we're going to get into later on how convenient that is. But anyway. Well, I think it's a bit of a misdirect, Chekhov. too, to make you think, like, okay, this is a real situation that Savick is commanding, but it kind of feels weird because we it's don't know. It's not even close to a redirect. You literally look at this and go, oh, all these high-end people are there. Obviously, this is a simulation. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I remember feeling that when I first saw the movie, and I still feel it. Every time I see that scene, I'm like, eh. Right. Yeah. The other thing we're, we're introduced to in this first scene is the new uniforms, uh, which we will come. This will become the the Star Trek movie yes. uniform for all the Star Trek movies that come after it, and will also sort of uh, thank you in the Star Trek universe stick around for about a century in their timeline. Like people, they're wearing these uniforms. No more, no more packages. That's the best thing. No more packages hanging out. No more, yeah, like the. Yeah, I didn't notice any packages this movie. No, they're like not trousers, trousers that are not so revealing are important, <laughs> you know. And also, this so they yeah. could go to the bathroom because the uniforms they wore in Star Trek One, as we covered last week, uh, did not have any way to get off easily if you had to go. Um, they had to be you had, uh, like a costume designer had to like get no you out of it. No poop shoot. No poop shoot. I no. think they just, I think they just teleport the urine out of your body. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do they have like, a laundry mat on the Enterprise, or do they just like? Do they have a laundry mat on the Enterprise? Have you ever wondered that? Is there like someone doing laundry, or do they just like, uh, like zap them, like uh, uh, vaporize them, and just make a new one out of the? Uh, uh, like a well, they do actually have laundry service. Uh, they do because in Star Trek Six, they actually talk about that. Funny enough, you mentioned that in Star Trek Six when they're doing their searches. They Can search the laundry room. Enterprises? I'm on a star. He's cutting out for me. Man, he's delayed out hard. Yeah. So is Dave, though. Oh, really? Really? Everybody's delayed now. Yeah, like you're nobody's syncing up except for myself. I can hear you fine, Joe. At least with I me. I can hear anyway. both of you fine. Yeah, you get three. If Actually, Kevin's synced too, but. Yeah. I guess a lot of people are on the internet today. Hmm. Anyway, for Easter, yeah. Sorry, everyone. I, I think Mike's just fucking with us. I think he's like purposely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I told you he's fucking with us. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> who invited this stoner? <laughs> so, sorry, Mike. What were you saying about the? More importantly, uh, why? Oh not? yeah, but so yeah, why, where the uniforms are? Why is it that they never clean? I just thought that they have one of those like lights. That like disinfects everything. Yeah, like a UV light. Boom, yeah. boom, you're done. Boom, yeah, it just kills all the germs. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, they have they have laundry services on the Enterprise. It's in Star Trek Six. I, I imagine somebody. Well, I imagine somebody oh, talking. Hey, oh, I work on the Starship Enterprise. Oh yeah, what's your job? I do the laundry. <laughs> right. we, we also see a lot of people wearing these like radiation suits in this movie. Like that's a new thing in Star Trek that. Like they it, um, hadn't really been shown before this. In engineering, my favorite, yeah, my favorite in this movie though 
is when like later on in the in the movie when they're in like the cloud or the nebula or whatever and everybody's like in battle station mode and like people are walking down the hallway and shit there's one guy he's got this like massive backpack on and it's connected to this thing that looks almost like a ghostbusters type uh like ray gun kind of thing but it's got this like you have to go back and look at it it looks like a dildo oh did did it looks uh, like a dildo like a lit up dildo Shatner looked back at him as they were going down the hall. Is that what you're talking about? Kinda, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like where they're all go by and the guy's like, he's walking around with this like lit up penis that's connected to a backpack. Also, also, let's talk about Kirk's collar that makes his head look like a clitoris. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do we have a picture of this? It's true. <laughs> it's like it's like on his coat. Yeah. On his toe. Oh. Collar on his coat. Oh, on his coat. Notice it? When he's down on the planet, no, the coat when he goes down onto the shit on the uh, yeah. on the thing. Yeah, I did not. Up. I did not think of that at all. No. Oh yeah, yeah. You will never. I would imagine Kirk probably was. The, Kirk's like, give me the one with the vagina. <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot like a vagina. It does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're getting all over the place here. Yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, okay, so I just want to get back into the movie. So we kind of covered the Kobayashi Maru scene. Uh, I guess the only other thing maybe that's noteworthy there is that uh, we meet Robin. Oh, no, it's not Robin Curtis. It's the other no, one. No, it's Christy. not Robin Curtis, damn it. It's Christy Alley. It's Savick. <laughs> What's that? Christy Alley, Savick. Yeah. We were just talking yeah, about Savick. Who, by the way, is the only person in this entire fucking movie that does what she's supposed to do all the time. Uh, yeah, Think about yes. that. Yeah, like as I was watching it again, I'm like, she's kind of not of consequence, really. She doesn't she's do She's the much. only non-incompetent... She's she's literally the only non-incompetent person in Starfleet during this entire all movie. Rules of the, all the Starfleet rules? That's why? She follows rules. Yeah, oh, yeah. She follows rules. She does shit correctly. Oh, yeah, she's always like... Yeah, she tries right. to do shit correctly and, and nobody listens to her. To yeah. She's like, that's not by the well, book. Right. But, yeah, well, like, oh, well, let's beam down our captain, our chief medical officer, and a cadet. That makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> True. This uh, movie is just chock full of stupid. I think I think it's her main purpose. Her the reason her character exists in this movie is I think is to one to give us another Vulcan, I guess, for Spock. And I think also um, that she's the student who's learning from Kirk and the whole Kobayashi Maru and this whole unwinnable scenario and what his solution for cheating death is. And that's kind of the theme of the film that's set up in this in the opener here. Well, it's supposed to be him trying to face... Yeah, he's facing mortality. Right. And then we go to the scene with McCoy and him in his quarters on Earth in San Francisco. Uh, McCoy brings him a bottle of Romulan ale for his birthday and... and Kirk's just, you know, he's not happy. By the way, is Kirk wearing a, a toupee or Shatner wearing a toupee in this? Any any opinions? Probably. I didn't know. Shatner's probably been wearing a toupee since the fucking 70s. <laughs> I think it's, it looks like a toupee to me for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think you would have to because uh, else he always. really look like a clitoris wearing that, oh, that yeah. collar. Oh, yes. <laughs> they were bald. So it's back to the clip. That's true. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know that was a discussion. <laughs> Everything goes back to the clitoris. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's an angry clitoris. <laughs> Sometimes they are, Jane. Sometimes they are. Anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> Dave's going to lose this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we just ruined the movie. <laughs> oh, 
I haven't even begun to ruin this fucking movie. This movie is terrible. <laughs> it's right. not as bad as Star Trek 1, though. No one deserves that. <laughs> yeah, but... I, yeah, okay. I, I don't even know if I can... I think I have to just move on. Um, can, we mo- can we move on to The Wrath of Coincidence? Because that's what this movie should have been called. Okay, so, yeah. The, the next thing is that we hover up to Reliant with Chekhov, and he finds... Con on on SETI Alpha, what he thinks is SETI Alpha six, but is actually SETI Alpha five. Okay, I have total problems with this as well. Yeah, Chekhov number one wasn't even in the fucking episode in the original in the original show. Okay, he wasn't even in that fucking season. But he could have been on the ship. We don't know for sure. How does he know what Con looks like? Maybe they met off screen. They met. They met in a scene we never saw. Yeah, possible. But he wasn't part of the crew in the first. He wasn't part of the crew. He was not. No, but he could have been, and we just didn't see him. Poster in his bedroom. You never know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's inferred that they've met. Yeah, and 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 that was Khan's real muscle too. Anyway, like I don't know why they gave this. I I just he wasn't in Zulu or somebody. Not only that, Chekhov and the captain of the fucking Reliant go down to look at this fucking desert planet. Like, okay, there you go. Kirstie Alley should have been over there too. Fucking yelling at them. <laughs> right. The Kirstie Alley's the only competent person in Starfleet right now. It's still the wild. Well, that's the way the original series was. They always. It's true. It was always the. I understand. I get it. I'm being facetious. And someone but, to die. But it's yet another. It's another nail in the fucking coffin yeah. on this movie. Like it's just. It's. It's not as good as everybody thinks it is. I'm sorry. Anyway. Well, what about I even, got more. even just Ricardo Montalban as Khan? Can we just because he he gets his debut in this uh, sequence, right? Uh, after uh, Chekhov and Captain Terrell kind of get down there, they find the, the pulls ship. off the mask. Yeah, and then oh I don't know why they don't beam away. I don't know why they can't beam away. Everybody but... take that thing off. <laughs> oh yeah, the guy's like he's sitting there and he's got this mask and he's like he's like. <laughs> you gotta like put on stripper music or something. He's like, <laughs> yeah. There should have been like, there should have been like, fucking, like, yeah. There should have been stripper around music. Should be sure. like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you taking too long? Yeah, and they have it's all like, very close. I'm doing it for effect. Like, yeah, he took his off last. He took his off last. Like they were all like declothed or whatever. Well, and he's like. Yeah, he never takes off the one no, glove. No, just one glove. Only one he leaves that one glove, glove on. Yeah, just say, oh, sorry, just the one glove. Yep, yeah, that's yeah, right. Right. And then he's like, and so then at that point, he still has the visor on, and Chekhov already looks like he knows who he is by his mouth. And then it's he like, knew who he was by looking at that belt. Yeah. The guy who wasn't in the fucking episode or the season. So I have, a, I have a question. Are any of like the, the actors the same as uh, from Space Seed? Like the background? No. No one returned. Well, except maybe, uh, no. I don't maybe think Khan so. had a, like uh, maybe Khan had reruns of Star Trek while he was on that planet. You don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, see, my cat his little book collection. Uh, King Lear. Yeah, a Shakespeare, Moby Dick. Those were like the, the books. Oh. Reading. Yeah, Moby Dick, which I'll get into later. But anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, because this, this fucking movie Khan is very anyway. much like Ahab, right? Oh, yeah. That Kirk was a guy who wounded him and that he wants revenge. This on. is totally a Moby Dick situation. And this guy is supposed to be super fucking intelligent, super strong, and yet he can't see the one fucking weakness he has right in front of him. They Even literally could have tattooed on his fucking fake chest. <laughs> it's not and fake. He still wouldn't know it. Not that fake. is really his chest. He's a beauty. 
Okay. <laughs> he's a man. He's a real right. man. That Jody, do you have the ability to show? Do you have the ability to show us that right now? Can we look at that chest and we can all decide once and for all if that is a prosthetic? Um, I don't have it queued up, but give me a second, I'll grab it. Okay. All right. Any thought? So, Mike, what do you think about? Do you think that Ricardo Montalban's chest is 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 prosthetic, uh, or is it real? Forget his chest. Look at his hair. Who did his hair on the planet? <laughs> he has like perfectly cloth bangs and like. Oh, I, I, I am so glad you said like, that because it was the exact same thing I was thinking. He looks like he came from a salon. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so glad you said that. It's an, an, an 80s woman's cut, like with, which is like, you know, like the hair, the bangs. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a woman's haircut. I love that hair. Yeah, they should be all dirty and like. Yeah, it yeah. should look. He you would, Dave. You they would. should all look a little worse for wear, having lived on this desert. If you see some of his friends, they got dirt on their face. And... Yeah, they all, all right. wear. I, like... I got it. I'm just putting it up here. Just some of them do look bad, but he looks like he's like perfect. Like he's out of like a salon. Yeah. <laughs> all right, hold on. Salon. I, I, I got to come in now. He's been shaved. Dave, you, yeah. Dave, can you bring me? Uh... Yeah, solo. Dave, make me full screen. Let's see the yeah. chest. There we go. Um, oh, here, yeah. I'll just turn that off. Okay, let's have a look at that. Oh, there's the nip. That's a real nipple if I ever saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. My, that's tough. That looks more like breasts than chest. Well, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you in this picture. <laughs> but there's other pictures that look like it's it's ridiculously fake. So I'll see if yeah, I can find another I, one. We'll do a comparison later on in the episode. Yeah, this one looks like there's flaws in his skin, but there are some that it just looks so flawless right, that I'm like, it's Ricardo Montalban. He is flawless. <laughs> yeah. Come on. What do you think they like, put us makeup back, on it? Right. Like... Okay. Uh, what's that? Oh, take take it off. Hey, bring us back. There we go. <laughs> there, right. we go. there we go. You're back. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll see if I can find one of the thicker shots. In this scene, how come they're looking for life on this planet? They're and they're like looking for like microbes and shit, but they don't find the twenty people that are on the face of the planet. <laughs> the only twenty people on the yeah. face of the planet. Not only that, there's not even trees or anything that they're hiding. Not, yeah, yeah, that's they're, 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 they're not in the containers. Empty. They're not okay, in the containers. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly outside because. Eventually, they go to leave because they're like, "Oh no, too. oh no!" And then they walk out. They walk outside, and all twenty of them are sitting there. Yeah, looking... like tell me that you can't find them on sensors. Like, come on. Yeah, that was a bit. Everything is convenient in this fucking movie. <laughs> Everything. And yeah, well, you're right. There was. The There's nothing not convenient part. about this movie. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's the story. That's the story of this movie. Um. And I think the it, wrath of convenience. That's what the they should call this convenience. movie. Convenience. <laughs> convenience. Um, does everyone though agree that Hilarious is pretty amazing in this film? I agree, Dave. Thank he's, you. He's, awesome. he's amazing anyway. Let's be honest. And just him the guys amazing. Him versus Shatner in this film. Um, I think is no comparison. What's that? No, no. They make they make they make Shatner look like he's so much smarter than he is. Well, did they said what? The, okay, I was was we were watching this director's commentary. He also said that um, yeah, yeah. Shatner did this 
was better the more scenes he did because when he would come in, he would try to like overact and be very Shatner like. And they and the guy with Nicholas Meyer, the director, is like, just do it like fifty times until you're just tired and bored. <laughs> and now that's real life. There you go. <laughs> they have to tire out Shatner so he can be a better actor. That's incredible. It's like, it's like trying to put your three year old to bed. You know, you're like, here you go, ride your tricycle for a half an hour. You'll be tired, then you can go to bed. Right. And it, apparently Montalban oh, was also oh. came in, came in a little too hot. He came in too like ready to be like a big ham and, and so he was hot through the whole fucking movie. He was, right? but Nicholas Meyer pulled it back apparently. So it would have been much more. Um, speak softly. Softly and, and take his time more with it and yeah. um and, and, and be like not always yelling it or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. and it were he's very menacing. If Nicholas Meyer says that this is the best we could get, what does that tell you about this movie? Uh, I think it's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. It's, it's a good story. Uh, all, type. You all have so many glasses on; it's not even funny. Anyway, I um I, I think we also need to talk about maybe the, one of the other big plot point of this movie, which is the Genesis device, but also uh, Carol Marcus and David Marcus as uh, the son of Kirk. More uh, convenience. Well, um, daddy issues. The Genesis device. He's the Luke so. I honestly hate <laughs> I hate his son, and I'm glad the Klingons kill him. Well, that's not till the next I movie. But... Well, they don't do that in this movie. <laughs> We're not in the future yet. Um, that's next week. That's <laughs> next week where we kill Which, him. by the way, I'm not looking forward to at all. Uh, that actor dies, too. The actor who plays David Marcus. Oh, yeah? When? He, uh, he died in the 80s. He, he didn't live much longer after oh. this. Like, after Star Trek Three. How but... did he die? <sighs> well... Being in this uh, movie, tragic. Carol really? Um, sorry. Klingons. Um... Klingons. Klingons. David Marcus. Yeah, he was killed at a convention by Klingons, real Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> Merit. It was played by the an best point of this entire movie. movie. He died in 1989. Mm -hmm. uh, of drug eight. overdose. Oh no. Oh. Can't say I couldn't call that oh. one. Um, all right. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, where do we go from there? Um, so, so the Genesis device. Let's talk about the Genesis device. And I, I think also the whole like, the fact that they gave Kirk a son in this movie, I think, is also important. And his old girlfriend in Carol Marcus, who Spock seems to know. Um, so it, it infers that Spock and Kirk have known each other longer than their time on the Enterprise because David Marcus is 24 years old in this movie. Uh, they talk about 15 years ago when he was dealing with Khan. He was only 24 in this is, movie? Does he know Carol Marcus or does he know of Carol Marcus? No, they, they, meet, they say hello to each other and they go, oh, I believe you know each other. He goes, oh, of course. Oh, okay. So it infers that, yeah, that Kirk and Spock knew each other back in the day, like maybe 10 years before even they were on the Enterprise serving together. Hmm. And they knew Carol Marcus at that time. Uh, and so that's, and, and, you know, it didn't work out because Kirk's a starship captain and she's a scientist. And, and so. Now in the Pine one, what was her role when we saw her there? The wasn't Chris she, Pine? Yeah, wasn't she in Starfleet? She, in that movie, she in is. In that movie, she is. She in is in Starfleet in, in the new Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not confirmed in this timeline because okay. this is a different timeline than that. So maybe she was, but she got out. or we. Just yeah, maybe know. they were in Starfleet together. And I guess her father would still be that evil admiral from Star Trek Into Darkness played yeah. by Robocop. So we have. we She didn't appear. Played by Robocop. At all. <laughs> 
Carol Marcus. Yes. No, this is the first this time we've... This is the first time in... This is the first original. and only time, really, in the prime timeline that we ever <laughs> met Carol Marcus. In the chat, we just got a, Carol Marcus sucks. Well, Carol, it's, oh, let's, uh, let's bring that in here. Yeah, yeah, Jeff's, uh, here. Jeff's here. Carol, yeah, there it is. Carol <laughs> Marcus sucks. <laughs> and he knows because he has a Star Trek thing shaved into his head. Yes. If anybody is a. I'm just going to leave that there for now. A professor of Star Trek, it is Jeff Mater. Now, if she sucked, Kirk wouldn't have a son. <laughs> <laughs> she also does something well else. that's debatable right there's room for both in this world <laughs> maybe 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 kirk is isn't just a one-hit wonder maybe not maybe not um can we can we talk about the genesis devices itself as a plot device i guess more so this thing that can rearrange matter and change everything into whatever it wants to be and 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 so when Kirk breaks this to um, McCoy and Spock later on, they have very different reactions. Spock being, oh, that's kind of cool. That's neat. Uh, log in fascinating, whatever he says. And, and yeah. McCoy is like, you damn bloody Vulcan. You know, and he's, and he's just like, how can you feel? About, how can you not feel? That could be like um, so destructive. Like McCoy immediately understands the destructive impact of this. He just learned about it. 10 seconds earlier well it's it's whoever is negative and whoever's positive in this in this in this world right bones being a negative guy automatically looks at the destruction side of what this can do versus the you know the good it can do um i think the the more interesting thing in all this is this is a literally a movie before this they have transporters that don't work right but yet they have the ability to terraform an entire fucking planet mass with this device and it works correctly. Correction, she swallows, not spits. Good to know. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, I don't know. That was risque. There. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but it doesn't happen that way. Yeah, that's not. I, I'm glad I know this now. <laughs> I don't. Know what Mom told. Mom and Dad told you, but. Anyway. <laughs> um, this yeah. this used to be a PG podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was doomed to fail. <laughs> well, you put me on there. That obviously is going to screw it up. Yeah, yeah, it goes right to PG thirteen automatically if I'm on it. Right, but the anyway. the whole Genesis device, what it, like the whole? Uh, I thought it was interesting when I first saw this movie. I'm like, that's kind of crazy, amazing <coughs> <coughs> convenience. <laughs> One thing I noticed about it though was they do their scientific proposals through YouTube writing. documents. Like YouTube the documentaries, whole, yeah. The whole thing, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. that on YouTube, I'm sure. Right. When they when they break this classified well, for a top secret thing, they who animated this? Is Kara Marcus an animator as well? Like, does she have the ability to do all the CGI for her presentation? Or do well, who else knows about this shit? ILM. Yeah, ILM. Well, there's gotta be like contractors for this, right? Like uh, she probably contracted out yeah, the like imaging of somebody. Clerks, whereas, like, I bet there were third, there were some contractors working on that Death Star, <laughs> independent contractors who got knocked off. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, they didn't have any vested. By the way, they reused a lot of footage from the original movie in this. Which, oh yeah, that's another thing footage? I wanted to point out. What footage? There's tons of footage that has been reused for the first one. Uh, for instance, when the Enterprise leaves the super far away space dock, like it seems to always be parked and like. You know, 
Uh, I, I actually watched a video the other day about that, and it's like, yeah, oh, I see they're still parking the Enterprise in Section ZZ of Disneyland. It's like, <laughs> fucking things like way the fuck away from everything else. <laughs> Right. Well, it's I thought, like, like, yeah, I thought that the scene of them leaving the space dock with the Enterprise was was it. It took a little long, but at the same time, totally uh, reused. It after last week, I it was reused play. footage. Yeah, it was shorter. They they even have the guy that waves that waves as they're leaving. I saw Who the that. Fuck is he an air traffic controller. <laughs> No, he's not. He's on the side of it. I saw that, but I thought like the saucer sections are already like. And why is the Enterprise always the only ship available for anything? I said this in the last podcast. All right, we got a new question. question. Do we believe Christy? Uh, sorry, I guess Christy I'm not posting. All right, go ahead. Christine Vulcan. Well, I saw some uh, motion in her, so not not 100%. No. She's more like a Spock Vulcan, though, because Spock isn't... is not full on. He doesn't play... Leonard Nimoy doesn't play Spock like other Vulcans are played that's true next gen and whatnot yeah yeah I think she's a, a convincing enough Vulcan I think that one thing that makes her stand out is her hair um her because most Vulcans most Vulcan females have like that bowl cut look um, um Dave yeah it's regulation it's still regulation we know that right. it doesn't I don't even know where the regulations are because you can have it up you can have it down do they even have a regulation What's the point? What was the scene in the elevator where she's in her karate gear and uh, you know he's asking her about her hair and um, and then she leaves and McCoy says yeah, she changed her hair and he goes. Did like, anybody get a creepy? Your hair is like like that. Yeah, yeah your hair. Oh, your hair is different. Yeah. He looked her over. Like somebody, so anybody else get a creepy like um, you know fucking Uncle Kirk vibe going on there? Yeah, I think, I I think Kirk's a horny fellow. We know this. Kirk might need to be me too. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know, he's, he's, oh, he would be me yeah. too. <laughs> he definitely is part of the me too movement for sure. Yeah. Um, but overall, do we think Christy Alley plays a convincing Uh Like, honestly, I think she's compared to the Robin Curtis version, right. which is the one who takes over this role. I think she's actually more human than Robin Curtis was because Robin Curtis was like a robot. Yeah. Oh yeah, which maybe is more convincing. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, she, she um, yeah. Okay. So that's uh, answering that. Okay. So I want to kind of talk more about, I guess, the the um, everything that happens after things meet up. So it's it's the re most of this movie is Kirk versus Spock. Initially, the space battle. They have a series of space battles. The first one is like the um, the trick, right? Where where you know it's reliant, and they they have their um, their sent their communications down, and at the last minute, you know, Khan flips up the shield and shoots them in the side, and this is what leads to the death of, um, or I think it's what leads to the death of Scotty's yes. uh, yeah. nephew yep. in this scene, right? And and which in the original theatrical release, you don't know that's the nephew. You just think Scotty leaves because he felt like it. Well, yeah, we and then he's bringing dead bodies to the bridge. Yeah, he's like, here, cat yeah. that just killed. What am I gonna her. do with this? Do you know why? <laughs> I got nothing I brought to do you with this. A gift. <laughs> you know, you know, you know why? He, I know why he. Scott is like the captain. Why did he yeah. do that? Okay. Scotty's like the the cat that brings he's back the dead mouse. bodies yeah. to the his bed. He's like, yeah. here, here, I bring you this on the floor like a lump. I bring you this. Don't you? Yeah, no, I I can tell you why he keeps coming in. It speaks to the earlier question you had, um, Kevin, because you were asking, why is McCoy never in sickbay? Why is he always on the bridge? 
Yeah. Uh, and this is why Scotty, I think, brings him the dead body. Doctor. He's like, where's the doctor? Why is it in We're in a battle situation. Who is a what better the fuck do I do with this? The Stay up back. here. He keeps coming back. It would have been better if Scotty walked in with this. Like, here, I gotta put down my. I gotta put down my cider for this. I I think Scotty should have walked in holding his dead nephew, going, "Oh, this isn't the morgue. <laughs> this isn't sick bay. Right? <laughs> like that would have been great. Yeah. yeah. Or oh, like, this isn't like sick a, bay. Just like a cat, just drops it on the floor and just walked out. <laughs> You're here. Are you proud of me? <laughs> and then he walks away. <laughs> Right, but like you see, you see Kirk and he's shaking like a bag of like Skittles or something. Mm -hmm. And then so, oh, you're so good. So Khan has Khan's defeated Kirk in like a a matter of minutes, right? And and he says, okay, but before I kill you, I want you to know who did it, and I want all the information you have on on Genesis. And this is and so Kirk then takes this opportunity to like, oh, we're gonna get the combination. Oh God, we're gonna shut down their shields. And that's yeah. how I was to beat it. Why didn't he think of this a few minutes earlier? I don't know. Um, but why didn't he listen to Kirstie Alley? This entire fucking movie is about why didn't they listen to Kirstie Alley? The first <laughs> thing she said is, "There's no communications with the ship. We should put up our shields." And he's, he's like, like, "Fuck that! What do you know, cadet? Well, what did he <laughs> you know, have to lose? Like, really? He, he, what he was yeah. going to offend the other captain? Um, he, His fucking ship? That's what he had to lose? Well, sure, I know. Not but- only that, but they." They couldn't even look up that the Reliant was in that vicinity. Kirk even admits he was wrong and says, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or even to mention that, oh. yeah, the, the like, I guess there'd be fewer crew members on the Reliant than there normally would have been. I don't know how many were on the ship that uh, got deposited on the planet. But yeah, because they dropped no, Nobody knows because apparently the scanners can't tell. Yeah, they can't find them anyway. They're going to scan that planet and go, there's nobody down there. Right. Kirk says at the end, 150 oh, fucking people. Up. We're gonna go find them. Yeah, they're going back to find them, but good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you better bring a rake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> we're gonna comb the planet like in Spaceballs. Right. But I, I, I like this whole like cat and yeah. mouse sort of uh, dynamic between Kirk and 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 Khan because they never share a scene together not not in person they're never in the same room in this whole movie together they're always fighting from their spaceships or they're talking on the computer maybe I missed this and I've seen this a bunch of times and I've never noticed it so I don't know if this is something that maybe I missed or it's in the director's cut or something how does he even know Kirk is on that ship uh, does anybody know wouldn't Chekhov know I guess I guess that they were pulling information out of Chekhov how does Chekhov know that because he's in Starfleet. I don't know. Maybe he read a status. Oh, report. why? Why does he know that Kirk is on Spock's training? Because sh- sh- um. actually, Spock, Spock is the captain. It's of not him by this point, and so it's not Kirk. That's right. Yeah. Well, so why do they even know that the admiral's on there? Maybe there's Kirk a is an admiral. Memos that go out. Hey, we're doing this. I think he just sees the first ship. He's like, "Go get him." Yeah. Well, <laughs> it had to be the Enterprise because that's the only one that's ever there. <laughs> It's the only one that Khan knows either, right? Like, other than the Reliant now. He only yeah. knows about these two ships. Yeah, Khan's like, oh, there's the Enterprise. Kirk is there. Let's kill him. Because it's like, I think when... when so they It's go, been 20 some odd years, hadn't it? Right. Khan, 15. So Khan, yeah, they, he kidnaps uh, Chekhov and Tyrell. He puts the worms in their ears. So he goes, why are you here? He finds out about Genesis. From Genesis, he says, okay, we're coming to take Genesis from you. This, um, and then I think 
it's sort of Khan thinking on the fly. He goes, uh, well, she's like, well, who gave the order? And he's like, well, it came from Kirk. And this is what Khan pulls Kirk out. I don't know if he knows it's going to be the Enterprise, per se, but I guess it's reasonable considering that's the ship he knows Kirk from. And then that's when he... All right, let's just write it down to convenience again. <laughs> okay, so why did Khan want uh, information, information on Genesis from Kirk? They didn't... They know where Karamarcus was? Like... Why did he need that extra information? He wanted to know how to work it, I Why guess. Why does he want what? Genesis anyway? He does he even do it? Where it was. It's a good question. Why does he want Genesis other than it's a weapon? It's a weapon. Because it's a weapon. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> yeah, but you shoot it once and that's it. You don't, can't use it again. True. I yeah. suppose. Well, that's why he needs the information to build and, another one. We, can... we had a question from oh, Jeff. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. After rewatching, does Khan live up as Kirk's nemesis? Is he the Joker to Kirk's Batman? I think it's an interesting question because I think that um, from no. this set a tone for all of the Star Trek movies that came after it. I think that um, they were always or often were trying to find some sort of Machiavellian, some sort of Shakespearean level villain to put up against the captain. It worked so well in this movie. So I guess my short answer to that is yes, because I think that they've been chasing this ever since. I think that the, 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 the dichotomy between these two characters, the fact that it was set up in the series that this is a character we sort of already know from the television show versus somebody they just brought in like next week they'll we'll see that they'll bring in christopher lloyd to be a villain and down the road like there was like um well there was a guy who played whoever played uh spock's brother i can't remember and then oh, and yeah. then and then oh. I, and then uh, you oh. know uh, most notably christopher Plummer, who played uh general chang in star trek six um I don't think he does live up. He tricks him one time, and then Kirk gets the best of him every other time. Yeah. Like, he's a pretty mediocre nemesis. Yeah, he's supposed to be so smart. Right? He's supposed yeah. to be so smart, but he lets his anger get over him every time. He was blinded by That's his literally anger. literally Moby Dick Kirk in space. just, like, puts a little bit out there, and he's like, ooh! Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of amazing that his crew doesn't really rebel against him. Like his first officer kind of tries, but um, yeah, like that they're they're they just kind of follow his orders to the to their detriment to the end, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think so because I just think Khan is so like he just chews up that scenery. I I don't think in terms of what his actions are. I think you're completely right, Kevin. Like yeah, he, like even in the original show, which is only a forty minute forty five minute show, like like. Khan gets the best of him for like two minutes because Kirk kind of lets his guard down. And yeah. then Kirk turns it around on him, partly because his wife, Khan's, well, Khan's future wife, kind of like, you know, at the last minute uh, doesn't allow. You really Khan think of uh... Yeah. You really think of Khan's, like, uh, Khan's point of view, too. Like, they dropped him off on that planet and they literally never checked in on him ever again for 15 right. years. Nobody bothered to so see I, anything. So I think Khan has a point that I think so Khan has a right to be mad. Yeah. yeah. With what happened. Like they never checked. Like at the yeah. end of that episode, they say, well, what it would it be like to come back in a hundred years and see what that, what, what that's like. Right. Yeah. So if they hadn't made this movie, it would have been interesting to see like next generation pick up that mm -hmm. or something. But obviously that didn't happen because of this. Um, yeah. So I think Khan's vengeance ha is understandable. Uh, although, 
you know, obviously Kirk being the, the good guy in the situation. Does anyone recall? I can't recall. How did Khan end up on that ship in Space Seed in the original series? Yes. How did that happen? How did he, was he defeated or did they, they chose we were, to leave Earth? They were frozen in cryogenic and they. Yeah, what happened was, so there was the eugenics wars. There was a series of like these genetically engineered super people who kind of mm -hmm. took over the world. Um, in This happened in the 1990s in the Star Trek universe. It obviously didn't happen in, in our world since that was made in the 60s. 1996. <laughs> yeah, 1996. So eventually there's some kind of an uprising. And so somehow his him and a few of his followers are able to escape on a, on a ship and, and go into space. So they were losing. They were running away. They were so running they were, away. They were bested back then too yes yes like, they had already been defeated they've been defeated okay so yeah okay right so yeah i guess so is he kirk's um true nemesis um he's definitely up, up there um but is he more so than like the christopher lloyd character next week who kills his son um maybe not mm. but just the way he goes god <laughs> says yes to me so uh just generally he's like i'm gonna leave you as you left me buried alive right <laughs> and then Khan, kirk kirk knows he's gonna get out kirk knows he's got like a yeah. plan yeah. a plan to get off that 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 underground uh like genesis world right kirk has bested him already during that scene <laughs> and kirk's still pissed and like I know that this is this whole thing is a uh, is set up as experience versus intelligence, but Khan couldn't figure out the code. That's a pretty easy code to crack. Yeah, or, yeah. five digits and he, small numbers. He automatically believed that he wasn't using a code. Like, oh, this is all just what is happening. Right. He would never think. Yeah, it's seeming like Khan's not as smart as maybe we all say he, or no, what he thinks he is. What he thinks he is. Yeah. He's supposed to have a superior intellect, but he clearly it's, does. It's almost just a big ego. It might be just convenience. <laughs> How convenient. It's ego, too. Definitely ego. For sure. Um, yeah, so they well, say superior. Um, that's why they couldn't be in the, they can't be in the same scene together. Superior abilities. Um, uh, harbor superior ambition right that's the mm -hmm. problem with these genetically engineered people is that they want to kind of run everything they have mm -hmm. too much aggression too much testosterone they're not woke enough um so you need a little bit more balance and you need a little bit more balance i also want to talk about just the space battles in this movie because we talked about the first one and then yeah they go down to the planet uh oh we we, we do need to sort of uh quickly talk about captain tyrell who he kills one of those scientist people so he right but then when when khan orders him to kill kirk he can't he like the real tyrell fights back and ultimately shoots yeah. himself so yeah. what um <laughs> why why couldn't he do that for the other guy uh because it was captain the captain, captain. didn't like that other guy so much he didn't like that other guy so much he didn't like the cut of his jib Right. Well, Jeff, we'll get to that question in a minute. Cause Jeff well, he was, he was shooting at Marcus first, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Well, there's like a little bit of a scuffle, and then yeah, he shoots. He shoots one of like. Mar well, he goes to shoot, and then you see, you see somebody jump on Marcus. I can't remember who jumped on Marcus. Was it Kirk? Yes. Yes. And he goes, "Where's Dark oh, Marcus?" Really. And he Could have been one of the two. Right. Yeah. This is where he's yeah. wearing the. So he jumps, and then he shoots, and ends up hitting one of the scientists. Right. 
He shoots, he kills, he vaporizes. Tyrell's a terrible character in this entire movie. Who, Tyrell? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why are you, Terrible why, character. Why are you gonna dump on Paul Winfield? I don't believe he's a captain. He doesn't seem very captain. The guy is so stupid. Yeah. Um, like, was the Reliant the short bus of the fucking Federation? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he seemed like he just finished eating paste. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> oh, paste. Let's go down onto a planet. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Not only that, he couldn't find any fucking life forms. There was 20 of them. <laughs> That's true. Well, they found that whole cavern with the the Genesis effect, right? Um, and the I was trying to figure out where the sun was coming from inside that cavern, but yeah. but you know maybe that's Little just people things. But yeah, so yeah, then then like he's like, I'll leave you buried alive, right? And then convenience or convenience, more convenience. It's a movie, man. What do you want? Of course, yeah, but I'm going <laughs> back to original series episodes. Like they could definitely tell what's on a planet like i remember the one where they're like 20th century uh the gangsters or whatever that one was uh <laughs> action. like oh my uh I love that quote. they can captain, captain winfield is no captain decker captain decker of course from last week's star trek one i think that's what he's referring to uh captain he's not captain winfield he's captain Cap Tyrell. Captain, De by captain decker's package was bigger yeah but yeah, I'd say that Paul Winfield. I like I like Paul Winfield in 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 general as an actor. He's, he's long. Since I've seen him in some good stuff. Yeah, he was in Babylon Five. He played yeah. um, Stephen Franklin. Oh. Yeah. No, I said good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was the narrator on like uh, Cold Case Files and a bunch of shows. He's got a great voice. But anyway, so he he sacrificed himself. That's what allows them to. And then they get the worm out of Chekhov's ear. They find the cave. Carol Marcus says, "Can I cook or, or okay, what?" Back to that. Why? Why did the worm die? Why did it jump out of Chekhov's brain? I don't know. We don't. Is this that, that, Oh, because the worm, when the worms are when they hit the worm with the phaser, why does it burn and not vaporize like everything else in Star Trek? Not only it burns, why but it also secretes something. Like there's like a pool of like vomit or something, and then yeah. there's like oh yeah, the they're trying to cook it. Vomit. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that brings up a good point. Like, are they paired or something? So when the one dies, the other one freaks out or something. Like, what's going on? Sister died in the other brain. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe the other one was afraid he was gonna get vaporized in a second. Quinzies. So they tried, but he ends up getting. I did that one for Ashley. Yeah, well, I don't know. Twinsies. I, I guess because we didn't want to leave, we didn't want to check off to die, so we had to get the worm out of them. And yeah, and there wasn't enough time for uh, to give him a speak for yourself. Wait, what? I want to check off to saying, die. Anyway. I think Babylon Five is terrible, and everybody knows. Yes, everyone. Yeah, that's bad. true. Jeff is right on that one. Yeah, that's a great comment, there, Jeff. There, I've never heard of anything that was more more legit <laughs> than that comment right there. Okay. Well. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay so after they get off the asteroid that's the new series of battles right like there's that final mutara nebula scene the famous scene which is like very much a um like a, a like a submarine battle effectively like an old u-boat battle from world war ii or something world war one um did we like this scene do you guys like that whole sequence? Like the that I like the I like the fact that as they go into it, they're like, we won't have any visual at all. But yet they always have a little bit of visual. Right. It's just like, enough. It's like the window. They're like, oh look, the ship's in front of us. But you can't look out the window? No. 
Well, they they could look out the window if they want, but that's not what we were looking at. Where's no. the windows on the bridge? There isn't one, but there's windows there on the There you go. They can't look out something that doesn't exist. Well, no, there's windows on the ship. Yeah. There's windows on the ship. Yeah, but they would have to leave yeah, the bridge to go out. Though. They could, like, <laughs> well, they can uh, call, call the guy in the room. The window. <laughs> call the guy who's in the, like, the, the front of the ship and say, hey, what yeah. do you see out the window right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some guy sitting at the front of the ship. He's I like, guess. I'm busy doing laundry. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. Right. I like that one. But like this is how this is ultimately is how uh Kirk beats um Khan because I guess he's just able to get the or jump. Did, or was it Spock by talking about the two-dimensional thinking? Yeah. Did Spock really beat I guess him? it I guess yeah, it's two-dimensional thinking, but which is one of the most ridiculous fucking things ever to say. Like it's oh he's he's very two-dimensional thinking. It's like what? How did how did you even come to that conclusion? Well, he's singing these things on the ready room. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, I like to like, oh, he, like, he like wipes the window. Oh, I see the ship. It's off the oh, they're front. Yeah, it's just 10 degrees off. Yeah, it would have been great. But yeah, so Spock's the one who helps helps um Kirk ultimately figure out a strategy to beat Khan, as he often does. Um, and so as as Kirk is gonna get the jump on Khan and kind of finish him off, Kirk Khan's able to get off a couple shots, right? Uh, and kind of wound the ship. And this is what this is why Spock ultimately has to go to the engine room to to um you know to the fix this oh. fix that thing to whatever. save things. Let me know when we get started on that one because I got a bunch of problems with that one too. Well, I think we're almost there. So really it comes, you know, so the whole thing okay. was they, they couldn't get away. They wound, yeah, they wound the ship. Um, I don't know why Con Kirk doesn't finish off Khan, but I guess you know that he's the good guy, so he has to give Khan a chance to surrender and you know to be boarded. But well, because the Genesis was on that, on and they the want ship. and they want Genesis. He didn't want to blow up the ship, right? So Khan's well, Khan's no Starfleet ship. He doesn't want to. He doesn't care about Khan. He just wants to save the ship. Oh, it's just to save the ship. And yeah, okay, that's probably fair. Um, and so Khan's Khan's knows knows he's been defeated, so he just blow he just activates the Genesis device mm -hmm. as sort of like a, a final F you to Kirk. And so they say, Okay, we need warp speed in three minutes, and and no, after we got shot, we can't. So this is where Spock just kind of gets like this laser vision and kind of goes off and um, he knew what to do. He, he knew did. what to do, like immediately. I uh, ultimately, I guess, what he has to do is he has to go into this big glowing tube and <laughs> move something around, and then put the cap back on, and that's with a lot of radiation. With a lot of radiation, yes. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of what yeah. he needs to do, and they got guys walking around in the fucking hallway wearing fucking protective gear, and this fucker can't put on something. Like well, you can't tell me that they would have this room. <laughs> they would have this room in the future. <laughs> they would have this room that's highly radioactive and not one fucking suit for anybody to have to go in there because they'll never have to go in there. Well, he like, only had three on. minutes. He didn't have time to put a suit on. He had to get run there and there was no time. Oh, come on. on. Oh, yeah. He puts like that. Convenient. He's too shy to change in front of everybody, too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. That makes more sense. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, this brings us to... What is maybe the most famous thing in this movie, which is Spock's death scene? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's the only well-acted scene in the entire movie. 
And I think yeah, that this brings, oh, this brings no. us to like, like, well, Jeff's asking, like, who do we, if we want to, like, say who's better in this scene, Nimoy, Nimoy or Shatner? Like, Fuck. you know, uh, hmm? always Nimoy. Always. Oh, yeah. It's always Nimoy. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, Shatner was really good in this scene. Yeah. Very good in this scene. Like, you actually can see that the man can actually act if he's tired and he tries. Well, I thought it was really, I think, like, just the dialogue, the dialogue, the way that these two perform it. I think that you need both of them for this to work. I think that their friendship and the fact that we've known these two characters together. Oh, this is this is the tear-up scene, for this sure. Is like, this scene. is the only scene that I can watch Spock, in this movie where Spock I go, I go. Spock says, you know, I never took the Kobayashi Maru test. Uh, what do you think of my solution? You created it. And why uh, would he have never taken that test? He is a Starfleet officer. It's not like Vulcans are... Uh, he's fucking uh, training the people. It's not like Vulcans are exempt. Savick had to do it. Why mm -hmm. did he never do it? It's also worth mentioning that in Star Trek, the first one, like the J.J. Abrams one, uh, Spock's the one who invented the Kobayashi Maru test in that timeline. <laughs> Which I was watching yeah, that, but it didn't, it didn't conflict with this movie. They didn't really say anything. Like I thought that was still was okay. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's just weird that in this timeline he never took the test. In this timeline he invented. He invented the test. it. Well, if you invent something, <laughs> why would you take the test? You invented it. Right. I guess maybe he never. Maybe he did still invent it and he never took it. But as a control, wasn't the, that this test right now? Like, isn't that what he went through when he died? This wasn't this his. This Kobe was Ashimura? this was his no win scenario. Yeah. Like and um. He could have won. All he had to do was put a fucking suit on. <laughs> Maybe. He literally did one thing. He lifted something up and put it on something else. Uh, that was the whole fucking thing. He had to die. He, the only reason he would come back to do the movie. I know. <laughs> I know why they did it. Again, convenient. <laughs> right. The and, wrath of convenience. Well, I think I just the, the, the whole scene is like beautiful. And apparently, this is what got Leonard Nimoy back to do the role. Because Leonard Nimoy was a holdout for this movie for a while. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. And then we got. That was he, worth it. Yeah. So I think they had to they anyway. had to they had to dangle a few carrots in front of his face. One was like, we're gonna give you this amazing death scene, which for an actor I think is is what all actors really want. Um it, it was also I think that they and the, and then um they wanted him to come back after this, so they dangled the director thing at him, said we'll let you direct the third movie. Um, and I think that's really what he wanted to do too. So I think all those things got Leonard Nimoy. I think that this movie would have been worse off without Leonard Nimoy, without oh, this, this context. Yeah. Um, and and it's very obvious early on. Uh, well, just from that whole remember, and he gets McCoy with the the Katra, and that's all part of next the next movie. But yeah, um, that that they knew that that um, he was not going to stay dead. Um, for a while, right? Yeah. Well, even in even in one of the last scenes, you see the torpedo thing that they put him in, and it's sitting in like the middle of all the shrubbery and shit. And I, I think that that's maybe the more emotional scene, which is you know the uh, the the funeral scene, um, where you know he says uh, of, of my friend, I can only say this: uh, all the souls I've encountered in my travels, his was the most human uh and it's it kind of so calling by eulogy he insults him yeah well, effectively because yes spock says in this movie earlier uh that would have been a good like death scene for like fucking data but like yeah. not for spock it's insulting like yeah well yeah he's insulted by his human side like what the fuck oh my 
you got you it. are all heartless. Like it's like this gets me in the feels every but single time. Your funeral, <laughs> dude. Even fucking Jane is on this one. Like, come on. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I think the fact that <coughs> and Mike's bad. Uh, I think that the fact that you know he didn't want to be human and he was always trying to be more Vulcan, but he really was the most human in so many ways. And I thought that that was a, that was beautiful and touching. Aww. What a what uh, a eulogy he gives <laughs> in this. No, that it was bad. It was insulting to <laughs> every other race than humans. Like, the humans are the best. Right, trying to bring Mike back in here. See if he can connect. Um, but Je Jeff's saying, is it odd that they played the Scottish bagpipes during this funeral? Like, uh, the Amazing Grace. Um, it's all they had. Well, I think it's also with mentioning that they the put composer, Scotty in charge. We said earlier, James Horner is the composer. He went on to do Braveheart. Is it that weird, Jeff, uh, that the guy who uh, did the score for Braveheart also put some bagpipes into this? I think it was hilarious Scotty playing the bagpipes because this is the one and only time we ever saw Scotty do anything with bagpipes. But um, it was pretty, I thought it was really great. Yeah. Um, I thought it was beautiful. Uh, the do, 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 do. I don't know if beautiful would be the first word that I would think of, but oh right. my god, <laughs> this movie isn't that good. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're making it out to be a fucking masterpiece. A it's a stuff. masterpiece to the first one. I've ripped on a lot of stuff, but I still find this movie thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not enjoying. I'm not saying that, okay? Yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy this movie. It is an enjoyable movie. I watched it. I liked it. But it is not the fucking end-all, be-all of Star Trek movies. It's not. There's better movies than this. So the DVD extra we were watching, they were saying the first screening of this movie ended at the funeral. Like, there was no remember. There was no... That was uh, all added in after? Yeah, there was no coffin on the planet. It ended with the funeral. And audience, um, the audience is left, and we're like really depressed. So that's why they added in these extras. What do you think <laughs> the movie would have been like if it just ended at the funeral? It was yeah. a downer. So they, they, that's why they changed it. They added more. Thank you, Jeff. I agree with this. What? Jeff says, I do not think he meant the most human, as in the species, but the man he knew with the most heart. So he's he's equating humanity with heart. Then fucking say that. Yeah. <laughs> why insult the man? Like, yeah, he's dead, so it doesn't matter, but. Well, but, like, I, I, you, I agree. I think that. Why don't they just say the guy had the fucking best? Heart? Yeah. Like, it's still uh, racist. Jane's not even with you on this one. No. Jane is with you on everything. Jane, he is half human, guys. He, he, he It's okay. It's okay to but call it, him. It, but half human isn't the most better. human. But the half, the half human side of him is what held him back all the fucking time. Right. Sorry. Mike's coming back in. All right. There we go. Well, we hope. Oh, there he is. Hey, Mike. Hello. Mike, do you think it was it was wrong for Kirk to say he was the most human in his eulogy for Spock? Uh, no, I think it was just something they wrote for him to... I No. I don't know. Where would you guys leave up? Is that what you were talking about? The we were talking about the, the funeral scene, and and because earlier on in the movie, Savick and Spock talk about Kirk seeming more human, and that's not, and he's not perfect because of that, and whatever. Um, and then later on, Kirk says, "You know, if my friend, I will say he was the most human," and they were saying, "Well, that's racist." <laughs> well, it's not racist; it's insulting to him. 
Right. Uh, well, why is it insulting to be human? Because it's always what's held him back. Why is it? I think it's insulting to well, say. It's half human, so. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I think that's I insulting. Think I think you say, so. That's like bringing up the one part that you don't like about yourself. And in the show, every time, every time. That'd be like somebody at my funeral saying, oh, he was the fattest guy I know. Like, yeah, I'm fat. I get it. But, you know. Every time. That's every, not what you point out at a funeral. Every time McCoy says that he's in and he says. I think it's a compliment, actually. I think it's a compliment. Because well, I'm sure he is half human. A, I think he it as a compliment. It as a compliment. So, yeah, I, I think you say he's the best out of the Balkans because he has a partial human side to because him. Because he's partially so he human. Best of both worlds. Because after he says that yeah. line, it looks, <laughs> it looks at, uh, Christy Alley. Christy Alley was crying. Christy Alley was crying? I swear there, I the saw I didn't hear you guys. I didn't hear you guys talking about the bagpipes. Oh, we did talk. We did talk about the bagpipes. Was it weird that they were in there? Um, we're saying the Scotty never played the bagpipes because I think it was because of Scotty's nephew too. Partially because of that, they were honoring him. Maybe they threw his body in with Spock. You just didn't see it. Well, how come he didn't get to come back to life? Uh, did you see the guy? <laughs> Spock absorbed him, and that's how he came back to life. Maybe. Jeff is confirming. Spock, Spock came back for convenience. Jeff says Christy Alley cried when Kirk said that. That guy got. So yeah, bringing so back. Maybe she's half human. Bringing back to your earlier question, does um, uh, Christy Alley play a convincing Vulcan, Jeff? I guess the answer is no. 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 So. Not at this scene, I guess. <laughs> but we never know if she's full Vulcan or not. They don't really explain it. Maybe also, she's half Vulcan. They have emotions. Some are better at hiding. They have emotion and they just can't repress it. Yeah. True. Maybe she was so overwhelmed. By her mentor dying. Maybe she knew she was going to be replaced by Robin Curtis and just couldn't hold back. Well, you know, she got the role. That's the cheers, biggest travesty. Because right? this movie probably helped her land Cheers, yeah. right? Which obviously became the thing she was most famous for, not this movie, right? Yeah, because Cheers started after that, right? Well, she she wasn't at Cheers at the beginning. She, it she was, wasn't at Cheers in the beginning. It was Sam and Diane, and then and then uh, Diane left. Isn't, and she, am I, isn't she replaced by Kim Cattrall? No, that? no. Kim Cattrall plays. Oh, that's Valeria. way later. That's in the sixth one. Who Valeria? So the character in Star Trek Six, who Kim yeah, Cattrall yeah, plays, yeah, uh, was meant to be Savick. They were going to bring Savick back and yeah, have her yeah, be like, thought, yeah. and her ever be like the betrayer in yeah. that movie. But uh, they couldn't get her. They couldn't get apparently because they couldn't get. I guess they couldn't get Christy Alley, and nobody wanted Robin Curtis, so they gave it to uh, mm. to Kim Cattrall instead. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. So then, okay. Then, and then we get the, um, we're back on, we're on the Genesis planet now because I guess that, so when the Genesis device is destroyed, it's not destroyed on a planet, it's destroyed in the middle of that nebula. So I guess the nebula is what becomes the planet itself, right? I don't know. They never I actually. I think that's why it doesn't end up working because it didn't get started on a planet. Right. Because um, David Marcus cut corners uh, on his. It's work. a plot point. Yeah. Convenient plot point. Uh, another question about that is, you know, how in Sweet Baby Jesus did the torpedo land on that planet so unscathed? What kind of physics is this? Well, I think it's futuristic physics. Convenient physics. That's what yeah. it is. I think that those yeah. torpedoes have, you know, sort of a guidance system. 
But I think the question is, was that nephew of Scotty in that in that torpedo too, or did he have his own torpedo? Um, no, they just shot him out the team. They didn't even put him in one. They just dumped him out with the garbage. He was the jettisoned line. a while ago. <laughs> well, well, he could still be sitting on the bridge for all we know. <laughs> could be just laying there. Scotty's just fucking He's dropped him on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think that you know it lands on that planet, and and we have this hope. We have like this from uh, we we keep talking about the Genesis is life from death or life from nothingness. So I guess yeah, they did the test screenings. Everyone's like they're bummed out that Spock was killed in the original cut of this movie. So they said no, we got to we got to bring you back, Leonard. And, and, and people were happier with this. They wanted a little hope. So a little. It was, hope. it was a little hopeful ending. Right. This is very common in movies where they often will change an ending. Um, of course. Yeah. Like in true, like a movie I love is True Romance, right, with Christian Slater, and his character was supposed to die at the end of that movie. Spoiler. Yeah. And, and he doesn't because the, te the test audiences hate it, right? Um, and yeah. so they said, "No, I want a happy ending for these two. People like happy endings, especially I think back in 1982. I think this was particularly true. Um, yeah, they don't like them now. Well, I think I think people are more like adept to sort of these. Um, you know, maybe not so rosy endings, or maybe these tragic endings can can work. But back then, not so much. Maybe that's all I'm saying. Okay, so we know where this is, where this finally leads to, because now um, Kirk says he feels young at the end of this. Now he's ready to sort of start his life over again and maybe get back into space and whatever. I didn't understand that. Where did where did that come from? Like, I, I get the whole thing about him being old. What made him young? Defeating Khan? Like, what, what exactly was it that made him feel young? He got rid of Spock. He's like, finally, the bait of my fucking existence. Okay. I, I guess the only thing that makes sense is that <laughs> whole scene with him and Carol Marcus in the asteroid underground where mm -hmm. he's saying, like, you know, like, look at Genesis, look at this life. I think also the fact that he's able to, there's a scene where he reconnects with his son. Yes. Or I guess he's not, it's not even reconnecting. They haven't really met each other no. in his life, right? Um, and so he says, I'm very proud to be your son. And I think that maybe a bit of that, a bit, he's, he's feeling like, okay, maybe, you know, I'm not useless. Maybe I'm not old. Uh, I still have a place. I, I, you know, I just defeated Khan and I saved the universe. And So it was getting uh, out of his desk job getting out of his desk job that's that made him feel young again con defeated con kirk didn't defeat con con defeated con <laughs> more or less yeah like well captain kirk ahab baited. agreed yeah. mm -hmm. that's true yeah. yeah and so we set up with this whole thing going into um into the next movie which is of course uh, the resurrection of spock and the search for spock you know, are you glad? Would you have rather the Spock had for stayed a good dead? fucking movie? What's that? Would you have rather? Would you have rather Spock had stayed dead? No, no, because in some of the other movies coming, you know, coming nah. past this one, he has some really good scenes. I really love him in six. Like, like, right? So yeah, especially in six and some of the yeah some of the other great stuff he did after this. When so he I'm gets like ready to bitch slap uh, Kim Cattrall. That alone is worth that movie. Right, right. In, in Star Trek, there's some great stuff that comes after this for for Leonard Nimoy, Spock, for sure. So I'm glad that the, you, you know, can't you, have your, you can't have the original vary. Star Trek without Spock. Right. Your mileage may vary on Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, but um, I think that you know, obviously, it's the movie we need to to bring him the character back. It makes that 
the sacrifice that he gives here still feels uh, meaningful, even though we know he comes back to life. Mm-hmm. I think that the emotion be meaningful if he had a suit and it still didn't work. This is oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible movie. Suit. Still <laughs> right. fun to watch though. It's it's a hundred and forty oh, yeah. minute episode of Star Trek. The original and series. That's that's all it, really that's not, it was fun to watch. And that's what I like in movies. It was a fun, fun, fun watch. Uh, I think when it the introduces best us did, to a bunch of people we don't care about, like who? Oh, like Kirk, Kirk's son. Who gives a shit? Maybe I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you do. Dave, the he's rest got of a good name. He's awful, and I'm glad he died. Not the actor, though. Spoiler. <laughs> you're, you're, when David Marcus dies in the next movie, it's not like a... Hmm. Well, Jeff's asking, no, it's, uh, it's Jeff, should they have just skipped Search for Spock and went right into Voyage Home? I think the answer is I think, no. Yeah. I, think I don't the, think they could. They had to. I think that the events in Star Trek Three. I think they could have condensed it into one movie. Yeah, the really this is the first of that trilogy. One, two, three, and four are basically a trilogy. I think, I think once yeah. you watched Search yes. for Spock and you know the story, then it's safe to skip it. I do almost all the time. I don't think it's. I don't oh, think it's one you have three. to rewatch. A I'm like blah blah blah. But I think it's part of the story. Spock, I blah blah. I think we're well, we're gonna dive into that movie next week. I think you're all gonna find it's not as bad as maybe you all think it is. Um, I think that the fact that they they sort of rebel against wow. Starfleet, they steal the Enterprise, um, they they get into this tussle with the Klingons, that they're in like sort of that um, rebel mode for Star Trek Four. I don't think Star Trek Four works on a couple levels without them being sort of in that Klingon ship, sort of being like this ragabag crew that's not you know they're they're kind of down on. Yeah, the, but the most important character in Star Trek isn't there, which is the Enterprise. That character isn't there in the uh, entire fourth movie. I don't think it matters. Barely. I don't think it matters because I think, I think what we've matters. learned is that really it, anyway, it's um, four it's is not a good movie either. And I'll proof. prove to you on that one as well. Oh no. Oh, the only good wait for Star that. Trek movie <laughs> of the first six is the sixth movie. Undiscovered country is a fucking masterpiece. I agree with you. Obviously I love six, but it doesn't make mean that this is not good. Six is, uh, six is better than this movie. Not as good. Yes, I agree. Six is better than this movie, hundred percent. Yes, that this does not movie make this is better bad. than the first one. Oh, I didn't say it was a bad movie. It's yeah. still entertaining. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Any still final thoughts movie, on Star Trek Two? Oh, <laughs> it's a good movie. All right. It's good better movie. than one. Is a it's better than three. Don't listen to the salty guy. Don't, don't send us salty. He'll tell hey. you. Know, he'll tell you. Hey, it's uh, <laughs> hey. potentially the best movie. I thought this. Was... You except think this for, is the best movie? Well, except well, then uh, uh, it's um, it's not the best one, but it's up there. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I I like it. It's not the best movie, but it is better than some of the other ones for sure. It's better than five. It's better than three, and it's better than one. True. And you, oh, so you're putting that that's much of a, a I think the right? only reason why four is better than this movie. Okay. And I don't even like four. <laughs> four was a lazy written movie, but this is even lazier. 
Mike, thoughts? Um, to, I think the reason why so many people like this movie so much is because the first one is so boring that when the second one came out, people were like, you oh my God, it. this is so much better. That's the only it's reason. Only, it's only better it's because you right compare it to once. It's not that good. It gets um, back exactly. to what That's the fans the of the original series want to see. So much. Yeah, right. Yeah, they went to start. They went to Star Wars in the first one, so then they went back to what the original series was in this one, and that's why everybody thinks that this is a great fucking movie. Right. That's, that's how you all. manage expectations. You, yeah. You come out weak, and then you just bring it back up to maybe halfway, and then everyone likes it. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't have gotten worse. We got a final question from Jeff uh, before we uh, wrap things up here today. Uh, his question is, if the Wrath of Khan was a Vashal hockey team, which one would it be? Well, that's an interesting uh, existential question. Uh, Vashal being our Kevin Smith um, a hockey league that we... Uh, well, it can't be the Mall Rats. Well, that would be I can tell you who... Uh, I can tell you who Khan well, would play. It's, a, it's not the play fourth on. worst movie. What, uh, it's, Jody, do you have... Sorry, Mike. Mike? I say I, I can tell you which team Khan would play on for sure, the Bulgarians. <laughs> he would. He would play on the Bulgarians. They're the superior rate. Right? <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I think that the Wrath of Khan uh was a, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know how to rank that. That's it's not exactly apples to oranges. Uh, who's who's normally third in this league? Um uh, third? Um we are. Yeah. Oh well, then you're usually the zombies. zombies. It's usually the zombies. Sure. Well, Jeff says Jeff says it is the Vulgarians. It wouldn't be fourth because then it'd be the Mallrats. He says the Vulgarians are. <laughs> so <laughs> very good. That was riveting. I know. All your okay. other questions were great, Jeff. That would suck. That one. That one was bad. <laughs> you need to lay off the edibles. Okay. <laughs> or do more. I don't know. Or more. Currently, the value you have, not the right value. <laughs> you better come up with a question quick. You don't go out like that. Okay. Time to up that. All right, let's see <laughs> yeah, there better be another question coming up. All right. Let's see what he comes back with. But I, I think uh, I think we're, we've kind of said what we need to say about this uh, this film. Um, I'm, ex I'm excited for uh, Search for Spock next week. Um, anything else um, going on with you in this movie? Anything else you want to say? Or, um, let's see, you know. I'm just gonna say it's a good movie. I'm gonna stand yep. by it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I want, final word. I want to thank our panel. Not a good movie. I want to thank our panel, Mike. Thank you for joining us today. This was great. Uh, Kevin and Jody, of course, and Jane. Uh, you know, all here. Jeff, thanks for being active. Thank you, Salty. And uh, and thanks everyone. Uh, thanks for watching, listening today, commenting, and getting involved. Make sure to subscribe to our Facebook page. We also have a YouTube channel. You can use that. And we have an audio feed through Anchor, which is a podcasting platform. So you can use that to uh, subscribe to the podcast on, on Apple or whatever, Apple Podcasts or whatever you get your podcasts. Um, make sure to, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm Super Dave Mater on Twitter. Does anybody else want to call up their, uh, their Twitter or social media? I'm not a tweeter. I don't use my Twitter, but I'm that Jody. <laughs> At that Jody. I don't do any of that. So no. So no. Uh, see, I would have thought you would have had like old balls or something. No, nope, nothing. <laughs> oh, man.
And um, and make sure to check out the content on our on another channel um, that I'm on, uh, Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. Uh, we cover TV and movies that are not Star Trek related. Uh, we're currently in the middle of covering Westworld Season 3 and Survivor Season 40, Winners at War. Uh, we also just dropped a podcast for Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness last week, which was a documentary series that uh, came Which out. I think got the most amount of... Yeah. We got a lot of... Uh... We got I lot. actually got people on my yeah, friends Tiger list messaging me going, I saw your Tiger King thing. Yeah, I think Sunday nights like, are really, I barely talk. a good time maybe to podcast and live stream because I think people are... We got a new Tiger King coming tomorrow, yeah. Sunday. So we might have a, a Tiger King part two. Is that the TMZ one or is that the Netflix one? I, I think it's coming on Netflix. I, I could be wrong. All I've seen is... it's. I think Netflix. Because I know there was supposed to be a behind the scenes TMZ one. No, I think this is a, a new Netflix but we'll see. It's like another episode. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, I guess I'll watch it because I got nothing else better to do. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, Jeff didn't have a better question. He uh, just Ooh, right at the end, you know, hey, he's probably ate a bunch of edibles. And he's like, what if nice passed out what, on his uh, desk? What if Vashel teams were like Star Trek movies? <laughs> <laughs> It'd Too good. Star Trek four. <laughs> I, I I would be Star Trek Four because I'd be uh, uh, the Mall Rats wouldn't be Star Trek Four. <laughs> That's the second best movie. We'll catch you next week for Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which is Kevin's favorite Star Trek film, I think. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. There's oh, a question. Oh, now. oh okay. Oh. One more question. One more question. Let's see if we can. Uh, who would you cast as Joe Exotic? I would cast. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with this podcast, you pothead. I think I'm the only one who hasn't watched uh, Tiger Show. Uh, you're not really missing much. I heard it was going to be David Spade. That's who I heard was like the uh, the most likely. David Spade would be good. David Spade or Brad Pitt. Okay, whoever thought they would be going for the same role um, that they are. All right, everybody. Um, make sure to stay safe, stay at home right now. Uh, keep coming back for more. Until next time, I'm Dave Mater. Jane Mater. Kevin Millard. I guess. This is, this is where he doesn't direct anybody. And we're all <laughs> well, like, who is it us next? next? I didn't have to direct. Mike. Hello. That is Mike. And I am salty. <laughs> and, and it's salty. Salty. Apparently. Live long in podcast. Podcast. And Not that salty. Life. Bye, everybody. Bye.